My top five podcasters, Chris, 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 Chris Lambert, and probably myself, but this ain't about that. The mundane festival is where you at. If you've been tapped in, you know what's up. If you're a first timer, hey, welcome to the club. The cost of admission is simply a subscription. Then rating and reviewing it wherever you listen. Don't worry about change ups, the cast won't break up. Even with that million dollar contract, show up a stand up guy who's a stand up comedian with a stance on everything from food to media. So, welcome to the show. Please take your seat. Let's find out what he's got in store this week. Who, me? I'm Don. Will you open the app? Thanks for coming out. Please clap. The Mundane Festival with your host, Chris Lambert. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Mundane Festival podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lambert, recording this show for the week of Sunday, September 3rd, 2023. Remember, as always, you can subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast listening apparatus. If you're really into this thing, go over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to shows. Give this one a five-star review. Let everybody know why you like it, because it's simply the right thing to do. And if you would like to take your love and appreciation of this show to an even deeper level, go over to patreon.com slash mundane festival. Subscribe. It's three bucks a month for hours and hours and hours of bonus content. This is episode 671. There's no guests. It's just me sitting here alone in my apartment, ready to give you a high quality podcast breaking the fourth wall as i always do i'm recording this on a late i guess you could call this a late saturday morning it's about 10 21 in the a.m i woke up um i didn't have breakfast yet i was just kind of watching was i watching youtube always when i fall asleep i sometimes fall asleep listening to youtube or a podcast or something and it's always Joe Budden. I'm subscribed to Joe Budden. I have no qualms or issues with Joe Budden. But uh, sometimes they go back to an episode from like two or three years ago. I don't know why they do that. Maybe it's the, the algorithm or something. Who knows? Um, and then I was I started watching the the Stephen A. Smith interview that on Club Shay Shay. And that was getting pretty good. Uh, that's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting how that... I think I think they're going to overtake... I think just gonna, they're just going to stay number... Stephen A's just going to stay number one with the addition of Shannon. That... Uh, <laughs> that Whatever they're doing at, at FS1 on Un, Undisputed, is that the show? Shannon's former show? That's going to be a shit show. You can't have all those dudes given major barbershop energy every week. I thought it was going to be like a rotating panel. Like Monday, you got Richard Sherman. Tuesday, you got Michael Irvin. And then Keyshawn shows up on Thursday or something like whatever it is. But all those dudes at once, Skip Skip's going to get swallowed up. And you know what? I kind of don't give a shit. He's made it. He's made it to be where he's really unlikable. And it's almost like it almost feels like he's getting his comeuppance. Nobody likes uh nobody likes a bully. Nobody uh I don't that shit that he said to Shannon Sharp, man. I I, I get it why he left. And uh serves serves that millionaire right to have to be have he's almost seventy. And he's got to deal with deal with those guys. That high level Saturday afternoon barbershop energy. We'll see. We'll see how it how it goes. Uh, but I've seen. I'm, I haven't watched. I've just seen clips. And I don't really watch first take that much either. You kind of just watch to see. So and so said this. Time to tune in. The hot shit right now is. 
really, I've said I called it a couple weeks ago or a month or so ago. It's Gills Arena. That's that to me is the best, the hottest sports show going right now. Um, I know they want. I know um, Cam and Mace got their got their bag for it is what it is, and and they're cool. But like as far as it as far as dudes that played actually played in the NBA talking about the game, it's Gills Arena. It's it's the best. They had Pat Bev on uh, a couple days ago, going at Rashard McCants. It was something, man. They 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 be hollering and fighting. Um, they're not fighting like literally going to fisticuffs, but it's it's a it's a fun show, and I, I love their knowledge, their firsthand knowledge on what these players might be going through, and and most of the time it, it seems like they're right. They're right, you know. They have an interesting perspective that I, I I love, and I think every time I think about it, man, every time I think about these guys doing what they're doing now in this world of in the world of new media. It's um, I like it and it makes me miss Kobe even more because we only got a, a glimpse of what that would be like, not just the stuff that he did um, when he would break down those games on ESPN plus the same thing that Peyton Manning did. I forgot what they what they called that, but somebody had posted that a couple weeks ago uh, showing Kobe break down like Scottie Pippen, the way he played defense and the way how great he was at, at playing defense and stuff. And um, I forget the name of that show. What is the name of it? I want to get it right. Now that I've mentioned it, I want to get it right. Kobe Bryant. ESPN. Breakdown. Breaking down. Game. Detail. It's called detail, and you can stream. I guess you, if you have ESPN Plus, you could break it down. You could watch it all. But that that was really good. Not not only was that great because you get that from his perspective and all that, but the stuff that he was saying on these podcasts, like when he did, I think he did he did all the smoke, and I think he did knuckleheads too. Where he was talking about, yeah, I was gonna kill you guys. I'm trying to kill you guys, beat the shit out of you guys. You know. So that was I I. He seemed like a really nice guy and all that stuff, man. And uh, it just makes that more heartbreaking. And, and it, I just think as a as a fan, we really we were really robbed of this dude. But he played his ass off and entertained people. Uh, he did what he was destined to do with his life, and I think that's that's really at a at an at an extremely high level. And I think that's all that you could really want. You know, it just feels it just as somebody who didn't know him. And obviously, you know, you you feel a certain way about. Um, you feel a certain way about, you know, how his how his family and people that knew him and actually loved him feel. But just as a fan, it just kind of makes me a little sad um, when I think about the the fun, the fun stuff that I see these former players get to do post career. Um, and it's fun to get that perspective because it's just, for the most part, it's just like these dudes on the court and then to have like the shows like Jeff, Jeff Teague talking about, talking about the game and being really candid about, oh, this guy's better than me. I'm trying to, I'm trying to like, it was, I saw a clip before I turned it on how they were playing the nuggets and how he was towards the end of his career. And, um, he was playing with the wolves, I think. And uh, and they were playing the Nuggets and how he said, I'm the reason why we're going to lose this game. Everybody's like these guys. Those guys are so good. It's it's just it's all fun. And it makes me excited to uh, watch the games and enjoy sports like like I used to. So that's always good. Sports and stuff. Americana, you guys. Um, got a few things to talk about. I don't know how long this will be. And every time I say that, I'm like, it's not going to be a long one. And it's two hours. Then it's like, Chris, you could have edited this. Chris, you rambled a little too long. 
But so it goes. I want to talk about some comedy. Um, this past weekend, I did a show at QED Astoria, the their all-star primetime show. They call it their, their primetime show. It was uh, 9.30 on a on Saturday. It was so much fun. They it's a it's a it's a small place. It's almost like a it's like a coffee house type spot in Astoria. And I've performed there quite a few times, but the energy in in those on those pro shows, on those primetime shows, really good. Those those are people that are there that are probably from the community and they're there to have a good time. Like they know there's going to be a comedy show. It's good to get to the level of when you're doing comedy shows and, and people know that they're happening. Um, not just, and, and not just like, obviously in a comedy club, people know, but when you're doing stuff in these, in these rooms, uh, and cafe type settings, uh, it's really, it's really fun. I had to, I had to go to the bathroom before my set, but the way that that room is set up, the stage is, is like in the, in the back of the venue and then the bathroom's like right beside it. And so I didn't want to go like the, it was kind of packed. And I didn't have to, I didn't have to shit. I just had to pee. I had to go to Tinkletown. Uh, and, <laughs> and I just said, I, I got on, I got on stage and I just opened with that. I was like, look, I, I have to go to the bathroom, but I didn't want you guys to like, say, oh, is that the guy that, that went to, he went to the bathroom and now you got to trust me if I like, I'm going to have a good set or, and then you're wondering if I took a shit or or, or or I peed, whatever. So I just opened on that and then proceeded to fucking kill, bro. No, I, I did I had fun. I had a good I had a good set. And then shit, man, I'm I don't I went after that show, I went to this place. I went to this taco place. And it was so good. Uh okay, I got the place I didn't have to this place called Los Portales. In Astoria, I just Googled Mexican food near me or best Mexican food. And it it was, that shit was fan-fucking-tastic. I got some tacos. They held up when I got them home. It was like, it was, it reminded me of, if if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, uh, when I lived in Chicago, I lived off the Addison stop on the red line. Uh... I lived in Wrigleyville and there was this place I've God, I forgot the name, but it was right under the, I think it was called El Burrito Mexicano and it's right, right by the, right under the trains, right under the tracks and, um, amazing, incredible. And, uh, it reminded me of that. And you know, a place is good when there's a legion of delivery guys in front of the place. Like they're just ready to take orders just and like late night. It was it was good, man. It was it was really good. I want to get booked at QED again so I can go. There. <laughs> so I can go there. But I, I enjoyed that. Los Portales. I don't know. They call this um, Long Island City. It's like Long Island City slash Astoria, but it's kind of the same. I mean, like I remember doing shows at the Creek in the cave. And it's either that was either you were either doing something at QED or, um, or Creek in the cave. And, uh, there's so, it's so much, it's so built up now since I, since I started doing comedy and since I moved here. Um, but it's, it's, it's a, that was a good spot. I had fun. Um, it's always good to go out there and do like their primetime shows. It's fun. Um, and last night, I did, I did, uh, I hosted the Comedy Outliers uh, summer series. Brandon and Brandon Collins and Mike Brown recorded their half hours. Did that at Union Hall last night. It was so much fun. They crushed it. Um, uh, they one take, you know, uh, rocked out. They were really funny. Like I, I know those guys are funny, but. It had been a long time since I had seen them, really. And I felt like I saw Mike do a set earlier this year. But, you know, you don't really get to... You don't really get to see your friends do long sets because 
they're either doing it on the, they're probably, they're most likely doing it on the road somewhere. So, um, yeah, it was, it was so much fun. I, and, and it, they were really personal with the material. So I think it's going to go over well. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but if you follow them, uh, they'll, you know, they'll, you listen to their podcast, they'll, they'll talk about it. But, uh, it was, it was really fun. And I got to see some comics that I hadn't seen in ages, you know, like after the pandemic is we're still like, I think we're still at the point, at least I still am where you see people that you don't, you don't get to see that much. And it, it was, it was nice. It was just a really nice night. And it was so good to be a part of something like that. I always enjoy that. It was kind of a full circle moment. I remember, man, it had to be, had to be in 2013. I remember doing a show or doing a, I don't want to say too many names. I'm not going to say any names. It wasn't really that bad. It wasn't, it wasn't a bad thing, but I just remember, um, but I remember it. Um, about, about 10 years ago, I was doing a podcast with a comic who's out of here now. Who's like huge. He did a podcast in my car. Uh, it was fun. And it was he was going to record his half hour with another guy, and I think I just came to to watch the show and to do the yeah I came to watch and do a podcast with this guy, and they didn't have a host to, for the half hour tapings to submit to Comedy Central because back then people were people were recording podcast to submit to comedy central podcast wow chris let's rewind that people back then 10 years ago people were submitting their half hours to comedy central so they could get picked up and recorded for you know tv distribution and all that stuff on for the chance to be on comedy central you know the drill and uh they needed a host and I was there, but they went with another guy who had a little more clout. And the person had just moved there, but I could have easily hosted. So, but that was kind of, I wasn't salty about it, but I just, I just clocked it. I was just like, huh, okay, this is who, this is who, whoever was producing that went with. And I was just, I just struck my head, shook my head. I was like, whatever. And that person's no longer in the business anymore that that was booked doing that, that handled that. So I've heard. And uh, 10 years later, I was asked to do to host a, a half hours for some friends that I in, in who are special to me in the comedy world, I would say. Um, yeah, I remember. I don't know where I, I don't know where I met Brandon. I feel like I met Brandon at a Grits performance, and we did a we were both on the same show. But I remember meeting Mike. I believe I met Mike for the first time, and I think I said I said this when I brought him up last night at a at Stand Up for Diversity. NBC had this uh, thing where if you were you know a person of color, you had a uh, I'm not gonna say it to get canceled, but if you're a person of color, you were if you weren't white, even though some white people still <laughs> still audition, some of them got passed on to the other rounds. Uh you could be if you won, if you did well, you could be propelled up in the industry and on NBC and all that stuff. And I met Mike standing in line. I think we had gotten passed. We did get passed to the second round or something and we met and uh and then like years later we're doing a cool show he's taping his special and that was nice to be a part of I always like when people ask me to be a part of stuff like that it was just a nice night it's just one of those it was a great night and it just makes me reminds me of why i love doing comedy and it's something that's uh helped me over the years, like that just sustained me creatively, uh, sometimes financially. Uh, and it's just, it's just one of those fun, fun nights, you know, 
and to get to commiserate with other comics and all that jazz, all the sentimental bullshit, the 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 the, the schmaltzy stuff. It it was it was great to be a part of that, and it's it's just one of those nights. So uh, I had fun. Shout out to uh, Brandon and Mike and Tatiana for having me. Um, that was really nice to be asked to do that. Uh, and I wore the Kobe's. I wore the the Air Warachis. What do you call Air Flight? Harachis, uh, the Kobe PEs, and I did get props from another comic. He's like, "You got those?" I was like, "Oh sh-. He was like, "Oh shit!" I was like, "Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I got those joints." I wasn't acting like that, but I was like, "Yeah, man." I said, "You know, I missed the sneakers app thing, and I got them on StockX, StockX, and paid a little, paid a pretty penny for them. Uh, they felt, they feel good. I like them. What I didn't know, I was watching somebody." last night uh talk about the shoes on youtube and he was saying you you should go a a half size bigger on the on those because they could be kind of tight they were kind of snug but they were they felt good because it's got that like sock like thing in there and it, it felt it felt good they feel good i like them the next i think the next pair of shoes i get sneakers would be like that aren't like um exclusives or something you know or uh i will probably try to get go to the store like dick sporting goods and get a a quote-unquote normal low boy i think they call them low boys at least i think that's what the guy on youtube said one thing he said yeah i got these on the sneakers app and they're one they were 125 and it's like why you guys i mean why would you not do those there's 125 it's like yeah i didn't pay 125 you probably have bots and you just have like whatever i i I didn't like how he acted like it was that easy to get them if you're gonna pay more than retail uh like like most people do i guess who get screwed over by the the by the apps by people who buy bots and all that shit. Whatever. Whatever, dude. But I wore them. They felt good. And I didn't bomb. So that's always great when you have a nice pair of sneakers and you don't bomb. So that that was that was good. I had I had fun. I had fun as well. Uh on stage. Um a couple things I want to talk about. Uh I finally made the pilgrimage to cuts and slices which is a uh, what do you call that i was talking to, to lemon about this i was you you like it's a is it designer pizza upscale pizza uh i don't know i forget the name Ele- an elevated pizza sh- here we go an elevated pizza pizza shop in Bed-Stuy. They just opened up one in Queens. I wanted to go to the flagship store, flagship location. So I was, uh, I had Thursday and Friday off from my day job. And I just said to myself, I said, you know what? I got this show in Park Slope at, at Union Hall. I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go before that show. I want to just be focused on getting to the venue I got to say, the parking gods have been in my favor. Uh, Last night, right in front, right in front of Union Hall, I got a spot. Right in front of Union Hall. It was so amazing. I was not expecting that. Uh, Maybe because it's a a holiday weekend. It was the beginning of a holiday weekend that I was able to get that spot. And maybe people went out of town. They went to the Hamptons or something or the the shore but the parking gods were like shining down on me I had a week uh that I that I'll probably talk about on Patreon but um yeah it was it was uh it was amazing so back to this cuts and slices so I was like you know what I just want to be focused on getting to the show getting there on time doing my job and uh so I was like fuck it I'm gonna go 
I'm going to go to Cuts and Slices. I'm going to get a haircut and I'm going to drive to Brooklyn. I don't care how long it takes. I get my haircut at 10, 10 o'clock, done about 1030. And uh, because my barber is an artist, he's a fucking artist, bro. Shout out to JC and uh, get a haircut. And it's like 1030, 1035. I'm like, this is this is the now or never point. I look at my the map. It's red as fuck. It's an hour and 20 minutes. And I said, I'm going to do it. You only live once to try it. So I did it. I just hate they're doing. I think they're doing work on the George Washington Bridge. They're always doing something. It's just it was just a shit show. But once I got across the bridge and into Queens, and it made me, I had to go to, I had to think I had to cross the, I think the Whitestone, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, anyway, I went past the, the airport, JFK, all that stuff, and I got there, parking, not far, a, a couple, like a, a two minute walk, and I get there, and this place, they're known for their oxtail pizza slices. So the first time I heard about him, people were like, oxtail, oxtail, oxtail pizza. And I'm like, I, all right. I had, you know, I had a coworker that from Jamaica. She made oxtail for me a few times. I like, my mom didn't make it that much, but she's, they, they would eat it. And it, it's good. It's fine. It's almost like a, I'd say it's like a, del, it's a delicacy. Cause that's something that they're putting on a pie. Pizza costs 11, 11 and change. Uh, at this place some of the slices cost that much and uh it's famous because i follow them on instagram all these people all these famous celebrities are pulling up uh and they're they're on their instagram they're like oh my god it's so good and they're ah and they're just like i'm like damn i gotta fucking try this place so i'm finally there and i'm standing in line and it's the line's not even that long. They just have a certain amount of people. They're famous for the like they're like long lines, like stretch. Like the their spot in Jamaica. I don't think it's Jamaica, but it's in Queens. <clears throat> and it and they were it, they were wrapped around the block. So many people there that the cops had to come and they had to figure out what they were gonna do. So these it's it's a it's a real it, it becomes this kind of place. It, that where it's a destination there's people i came from fucking germany i came from connecticut i just got off the plane from michigan and i you know it, all these stories that these people have and they, they try this pizza and it's good so i'm in line standing behind some guys from uh that are on lunch break from con edison and uh i was like yeah i just had to i had to try it as i i came from jersey it's like an hour and change i was like i'm off today so i just figured I'd, I'd go and, and check it out. And uh, and so those dudes were cool. We were talking, kind of shooting the shit. And then one of the guys was like, yeah, I can't tell my girl that I came here because if I do, uh, she going to be mad. <laughs> so it's like, it's 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 serious. This place is serious. Like, and, everybody, and they had a system down. So I think I waited... 15 minutes like you stand in line and you there's there's some people already in there making their orders you order you you order what you want then you go you step outside and then you wait and they call your number so i ordered a uh a sweet chili slice oxtail and a curry oxtail slice and it was good you know it was it was good like Cause I'm, I'm very, and for me, it was a different experience because I'm not like, I'm from suburban Maryland. Yes. I'm black. Yes. My parents are from the South and you do have like the soul food and stuff. I'm going to talk about that a little later too, but my parents would do chitlins like new, new years, new years. I think my, my aunt would make them. And my dad would go over, they would get the black eyed peas. And in the tradition, it's a tradition that like a man is supposed to walk over the threshold uh, on New Year's. Uh, and it's like, so my dad 
would go over to my his sister's house, my aunt's house, go over, get some black eyed peas, and she, they, she'd have chitlins. And I never tried them. Never. Uh, yeah, just never tried them. But um, oxtail, it's just what they, my mom didn't make it that much. I don't remember her really making it. And I remember recently going to the store with her and she bought oxtail. I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know you really ate them like that. So some of that culture where New York, which I, I love about New York, is so much. And there's just the, I want to say, I want to be more expansive and say, really say the tri-state area, but really in the boroughs where, where you're around all these different people. And, and that stuff is just germane to New Yorkers. If you're in, if you grew up in one of the boroughs. And I guess that's some, something like the, the homie D. Lemon could probably attest to. So it was, it was different for me. And I'm, it's, it, it's very like, like I consider myself to be conservative when it comes to food like this, where it's like pizza is fucking cheese and uh, sauce and pepperoni sausage and whatever veggies you want. Like when I get a DiGiorno, I'm getting. You know, pepperoni sausage. I'm getting. I usually get the supreme, but when you when you're at a pizza shop, yeah, yeah, pepperoni sausage. You know, so I was like, this is a whole new experience for me. So I was I was like, okay, I hope it's good. And they because they got like shrimp. They got slices with shrimp on there and salmon and all this stuff. But I just wanted to try that, the oxtail, and I take it back to my car. It's good. It was good and it wasn't even like sometimes a pie can like bog you down. You eat a couple slices it's like oh, and you're like, but I was like, oh, it was light and it was it was good. I, I, I would I would try it out if I were you. If oxtail isn't your thing, they got other other slices there, too. So it was good to try that. Um, I was trying to go see a screening of bottoms at the Alamo draft house, but I didn't, I ended up not making it. So I just went, I went back and saw equalizer three, which, which I'll, I'll get into, but like, yeah, it was a, it was a nice, it was just a nice trip. It was just like, once you get past all the traffic and bullshit, but it was good. Um, and see to see, you know, and this, you know, I wanted to support a black owned business. So I had a, I had a, I had a good experience there. Also, I didn't know that that Welch's made a strawberry soda. So I had to try that too. That's pretty good. But I'm more of a more of a Welch's grape kind of guy. I did get a can of that that I drank the next day. Uh or later that night, I think. But anyway, uh so it was good. If you're if you find yourself in Bed-Stuy, uh go go to Cuts and Slices, check it out. It's better to go if you can swing it at lunchtime or like kind of like an off peak time there was a couple that were that they had ordered ordered some slices and they got back in line to order some more so you know it's good and it's not it's not on the bullshit because where you're like anybody you could be skeptical and be like oh is it good is it is it really yeah really and then you get there, you like it, you end up liking it. Then you see people order order slices, love it, then get back in line to order some more. So it was it was uh, it was on point. It was it was good. I liked it. Um, so then, as far as like that's that's that could be a fat fat boy corner segment. Another fat boy corner segment. I'm not gonna name the place. I went to this barbecue spot that's like 15 minutes away from me and here here in Jersey and uh I got I got a rack of ribs I and I ordered some ordered some uh greens and macaroni and cheese The ribs were good I was like oh, okay the ribs are the ribs are on point the greens didn't have no. She's like, don't you know they're gonna be? They're spicy. I was like, that's okay. They weren't. 
they were kind of, they were just, just weren't that good. The macaroni and cheese, it just like, it looked good. I don't know what it is, but if you can't make, if you're a restaurant and you can't make macaroni and cheese, that's as good or better than whole foods. What are you doing? What do you do? People talk shit. Okay, people talk shit about Bezos and Amazon, all of this shit, and Whole Foods, this this corporate fucking monster that we, whether we want to admit it or not, that we low-key bow down to a little bit. They have good food there. They have good quality food there that I've had. I'll go on record and say they have they have great mac and cheese, they have great tuna fish, they have great uh, hamburger meat, ground beef, they have great patties, I recommend, they have great meatballs there, um, they... I've said this before on the show, so you can't cancel me. Uh, they have good Jamaican beef patties. Now, I will say, okay, like, I don't know that they're 100% Jamaican beef patties, but their version that they put out, it satiates me. It's good. It's a good treat. They cost, I think they're like three bucks each. So you get two, I, I buy them in bulk, not in bulk, but I'll buy like six of them, eat two at a time and put, put, put them in the freezer when I want something you can. So I tried it like Wednesday. I was like, I think it was like, I forget what day it was. Sometime this week I had something that I had bought and I put I took them, took a couple out and put them in the oven for 20 minutes. It was good. It was good. Um, but if you can't make macaroni and cheese as good as Whole Foods is making it, what are you doing? And they want to charge you. So that was like 45. I got paid 42 bucks for that. Barbecue, you're gonna it's gonna be kind of expensive. But if I could just go to Stu Leonard's, which is a grocery store chain in the tri-state area, like I think they got some in they got obviously got one in Jersey. It got some in, in New York, uh, in the, in the burbs and in Connecticut. But most of the people, if you live in this area, you know what I'm talking about. If you can get ribs from their barbecue spot, that's just a grocery store. It's just their barbecue section. They have good brisket too. It's like, I don't get it. And I'm not like, I'm not a snob. I'm not a snob about this stuff. You, if you haven't tried Whole Foods mac and cheese, it's pretty good. If it's not, it's, I'm not going to say it's better than your, your mom or your favorite aunt, whoever it is in your life and your family or your life who make macaroni and cheese. That's your favorite. It's. It's a welcome, it's a welcome side to your function. It is good macaroni and cheese. I don't, I don't know what people are doing with their mac and cheese these days. I try to sample it. I'm trying to think of where one of the last places that I, that I had good mac and cheese at a, at a restaurant. I don't know if it, I think it might've been Jacob's Pickle. I think they have mac and cheese. Not a hundred percent sure, but it's like, what are you, what are you doing? The meat's fine. Maybe if I go there again, I would just maybe I'll get some fries or something. Maybe I'll maybe they got a a a, a brisket sandwich that I could try. But I was like, you guys should not be charging this much money for mac and cheese and greens to be. I I was just I was highly disappointed. Meat was good though. I still have some left. Um, man, I'll have to put some seasoning on that mac and cheese. It was just, it was just bland. I bet hospital mac and cheese tastes better than that. 
I was so disappointed. Um, and the people that the place was not a black owned business, but I will say there was a place ran by a white guy and it's unfortunately not around anymore. I want to look it up to make sure. Cause I know they, they, they used to be, they had two locations in, uh, in Bergen County over the time. And, and they're not around anymore, man. But they were they were good. It's just like barbecue is one of those. Uh, it's just expensive, and I guess it's expensive to to run, and it, it's just disappointing. Um, it was a good spot, man. They had they had this. They had a they had some good sandwiches. They were just good, man. It's sad when, and then the other place that was, I think I put I put it on my. Um, they had good good um, red, white, and Q. They're in. They're in. Uh, now they're in Greenbrook Greenbrook Township. They used to be in Kearney, uh, New Jersey, which was not that far from me. Now it's like fifty minutes. Maybe the next time I go home, I'll get some and bring it home, bring it to my mom. But that that place was good. Uh, but yeah, it's it's hard to find good barbecue. I've talked about one of the best, one of the best, uh, the best barbecue I had. Probably one of my one of my all time greatest sets was in Carmel, New York. There was a another barbecue. There's a barbecue spot up there that I had that was fantastic, and uh, I ate up there. Did a. It was great. I did a set. I riffed on the barbecue spot. Had a good time. It was just a, a really nice, really nice time. But yeah, it's hard to find good barbecue, and it's so disappointing. Where, I don't mind paying good money for food. Food and clothes. If it's good, good clothes, good food, I don't mind paying for it. But when you pay, when you pay good money for something, and it's not good, that shit's fucking disappointing, man. It it really, uh, it really is, you guys. Um, yeah, I want to talk uh, a little bit. The Spider Man Two is in a oh, for PS Five coming out in a little over a month. I see where the nerds were getting their Spider-Man 2 themed PlayStations. Their their the plates to make it look like a Spider-Man PlayStation, the Spider-Man joysticks people were excited about. This game's going to be huge. I'm excited about it. The homie Rod posted on Facebook about it's going to take up a lot of memory and all this stuff and get ready for the storage. Are people going to I was like, "Uh, People are going to make room for that. That's one of the best games to ever come out in the past five years since when it came out in 2018. Like, what? what? One of the most popular superheroes. They made like 15 movies about this dude. Uh, people are going to make room. And I'm excited. I, I'm excited for it. Um... It's going to be it's going to be huge. Part of me, the nerd in me, I don't need it, but the nerd in me wants that statue, the special edition statue. Um, I don't know how much you get with that, but I think you get the statue, you get a you obviously get the game and you get like a bullshit case cuz you don't get the disc. And then you get like the pre-order suits and all that crap. Uh when I played Miles Morales and you could access the different suits. I just like the 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 Miles Morales suit from the uh from the video game, from from the movie actually. But yeah, I'm excited about that. The story the story was fantastic in those other two, the first two that came out. So that's the big release that I'm excited about. I need to get back into my into playing PlayStation. I want to get Madden. Uh I want to I want to get 2K. I was telling you all about I wanted to get that NBA ticket 
since I don't have ESPN anymore or TNT now. I don't know what I'm going to do. So, and then I didn't utilize it as much when I even when I had it. But the fact that I know it's there, I did watch NBA TV a lot. And those things come up on those come up on YouTube anyway. But it was always it's always nice to have it. But cable's just so expensive. Um, expensive. Um, yeah, so I want to play those. But then I also want to finish some of the games that I've got. I've got. I, what, what's the game with the black girl? I was like, you guys are giving it a chance for spoken that everybody trashed. It's okay. It's fine. And then the quarry I want to finish. So I need there's games. I need to finish. I probably should spend some time playing over the holiday weekend. I should do that. Um, yeah. So that's all in video game stuff would be nice to get mad at. The thing that's tempting is the fact that these rosters all right, and they do these little tweaks that make you feel like you need them. Madden, they don't upgrade the rosters. I don't know. At least I don't know how you do it. Uh, the upgrades that I tried to make, it didn't look like there were the, the new people on the roster. So you kind of have to get it. But then am I really going to be playing? Do I just wait until the Super Bowl, to the playoffs, to get it for 30 bucks? Maybe I do that. I don't know. I started playing... <laughs> Madden 23. I'm like, ah, oh, this is actually pretty fun. I'm not super hardcore like some of these people. I don't play for money. I'm not in these competitions. That and 2K, I'm not hardcore. But I just like playing. And then when I was playing it, I was playing it a couple days ago, and I was like, oh, this is that PlayStation is actually fun. <laughs> this is entertaining. Um, I don't know, I've just been busy and. And the time that I could be playing, I'm I'm watching a movie or something. So, it is what it is. Uh, let's do some music, and we'll do a movie, and we'll we'll get out of here. Uh, Toro Imwa, I watched the the video that he did for Sandhill for Sandhills his EP. Uh, it's like a they, he calls it a short film, a little documentary. It's good. It's just with all the tracks. It's about 14 minutes long, and his visuals uh, from Colombia. And it's really cool. It's If you like his stuff, you like his music, it's worth checking out. Uh, there's this artist that I have been following for a long time, and I finally listened to her music. Uh, this woman named Anayash Chant- Chantal. Uh, I only listened to one. Like, I've seen her stuff on Instagram. She's a... Uh, Anais, A-N-A-I-S-C-H-A-N-T-S on Instagram. I've saw stuff where she was like singing. I'm like, oh, she can sing. And then I actually, she's from Salt Lake City and she's a soul singer. And she's got, like, I only only listened to one of her, her projects. It's called Birdie. And on, on Apple Music, it's a, it's it says single it's a single but she has three tracks on this thing that came out in 2019 and one is called birdie part one doctor the next track is called birdie part two lithium and the third one is called birdie part three spring she's got a really nice voice i like it i'm going to listen to more of her stuff and when i eventually do do that i'll i'll tell you about it but yeah she is good very uh, uh lovely as well but uh, also very talented. So I said that she was talented and I, before I said she was beautiful. More than just a pretty face. She can sing. So I want to check out more of her stuff. Um, your old Droog. This dude uh, is becoming one of my uh, favorite new, new-ish rappers. That He's been around for a long time. But I've started to pay more attention to him within the last couple years. Um He's got a song that came out this past week called uh, Waves Crashing that Mad Lib produced. Uh, That's good. I like that. And then an album from Real Bad Man in Blue called No, That was a song. They came out with an album called Bad News. Now, I initially thought, oh, this is just a song. I didn't realize this was a whole album, so I didn't listen to the entire album yet 
but I did did listen to this record called uh, Aladdin, and this is a this is like uh, it just came out yesterday, and it's eight songs. And Blue is one of my favorite rappers. I I kind of have this um, there's a soft spot in my heart for his debut release called Below the Heavens with the pr- producer Exile. And I've talked about this a bunch of times. I think, I'm not trying to levitard this, but I really believe that Below the Heavens is one of the greatest hip-hop releases this side of the new millennium. Post Illmatic. That's what I believe. Um, yes, I know that Kendrick Lamar exists, but it's it's just like Kendrick came after the stuff that I was the stuff that put made him rise to prominence came after he had kind of like some mixtapes and stuff like that that were great, but just as far as like. I ain't even trying to care. They're both LA based. I I just think this is uh it's below the heavens is remarkable. And Blue is one of these guys that's just this like rapping ass rapper. I saw him I saw him do a show in Brooklyn um years ago and he just like he's just a rapping ass rapper, man. He's he's terrific. Um and it seems like he's back to form. He he never really lost it. But he's just a guy that just puts out tons and tons of music. And it's hard to keep up. So I follow him on Instagram. And it's like, I have this new album. It's like, oh, shit. Oh, oh God. Oh, God. Okay. All right. And so this Aladdin record that drew me in, I was like, this is good. I, I, I like it. Uh, I'm rocking with it. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to check that out, drive around and, and listen to this album. If I'd have known, I'd listen to it on the way to Comedy Outliers. Um, okay, so that's that. I like that. I'll get into uh, movies. Uh, I think Zendaya's birthday was yesterday. I think I saw someone say something about her birthday. Yep, it was September 1st. <sighs> One thing about this strike, man... As an actor, you want to. I want to work. As a fan, this fucking movie that I was so excited about, Challengers, got pushed back. It was supposed to come out. It's supposed to come out this month, and now it's not coming out until uh, April twenty sixth because of the fucking strike. And I think I've not seen it, and not yeah, I've not seen her. I've seen the trailer, and I think she probably would have been in the running. She Maybe she doesn't get nominated, but I think maybe she would be in the running if they kept it till... Uh, if, they, if they kept it for September. I think the reason they did this... Obviously, Dune is uh, a big film that got pushed back. Uh, this one, though... I, as from a studio perspective, I understand why they did it because you want Zendaya, who is a Emmy Award winner, a megastar, to promote the movie, and you want that to happen. Um. Also, feel like it seems what it seems like from that, whatever she's doing. I think she's a great actress. So from seeing her in these trailers. That looks like a that looks like a Academy Award nomination to me. But the fact that it's now going to come out in the spring of next year is like uh, I don't know that 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 that's going to track like everything everywhere all at once. I don't know if that's going to be a juggernaut that carries her way carries it through. Um so that's that's really disappointing because um, that's why a lot of the pre- like that L interview came out because it's supposed to be promoting this film. 
Um, so I'm bummed out about that. And the fact that it was, I, they, then they showed, uh, I think the homie Tim posted the scene where, um, the scene where she's at from euphoria, where she's asking for drugs for Angus cloud. Who's not, not here anymore, which is kind of, which is sad. Oh, it was a great fucking scene. She's so good, man. I, I've, she's got an Oscar in her career, so it's just disappointing when you, when you get excited about one of these, these fall movies. This is the tis the season. The season is upon us for movies like this, and to have a big star eat. She's a big star, but I think she's just now coming into her own as somebody who's who's like who's gonna be around for a long time and i was disappointed that that got derailed am i disappointed that i was up for a part that uh i hope i'm still up for when when the shit comes back yes that's very disappointing but as a fan it's like ah so real quick i saw equalizer three or the three equalizer uh I liked it. It's kind of to the point. I rewatched the first two this past week. And uh, it's like Denzel shoots a guy in the ass with a shotgun, I think. And it's like, what more do you want? Again, nobody likes bullies. He takes on the, the mafia in Italy. It's great. They're terrorizing this small community that takes him in kinda this could be a little blasphemous there's elements in this that kind of reminded me of the dark knight rises was it as epic and on a, a a grand scale like the dark knight was no but it's kind of like just a a it's a blockbuster movie but it's kind of like small as far as the story is concerned and then you see the thread at the end why certain things happen and why things were done for certain people. I liked it. It's, it's an impossible white man movie. It's my, one of my guests, I don't know. Rod could confirm this. This is an impossible white man movie. Does old dudes beating the shit out of people. Is that under the umbrella? That's what I have to ask Rod about. Um, but I love it. It's for me, it started with Harry Brown, then, uh, Michael Caine and Harry Brown, and then like Liam Neeson and Taken, and then all these other movies come in, but it's a, it's a fine sequel. I, I enjoyed it. I was locked into the story. Uh, it was very simple. It wasn't trying to do anything. And I love the fact that Denzel, he's old in this. You know what I mean? It it, it, it kind of showed him being like an old dude, and it's just fun. Because Denzel's almost, I feel like he's almost 70. Why is Denzel not in the main? That's so weird to me. You know how you go to Google, and you you go to where he's just overview of the movie, then you go to cast. Denzel's not even in, in the fucking thing. Denzel's, uh, is he 66? 68 so he's 68 um so much fun watching him uh do this do this movie um yeah it's it's fun it's in imax i didn't go see it in imax and i just looked it up it's this the film wasn't shot in imax so i just went to dolby and saw it it was it was it's fine if you see it in dolby um but i i I enjoyed it for what it was. Fun action movie. Um, guys, I think that's enough of me blabbing and stuff. So I hope you uh, got something out of this. I hope this has entertained you. I hope that my talk on, uh, what did I say? Elevated, an elevated pizza, uh, upscale pizza. I forgot what I said. And uh, barbecue talk has entertained you let me know are there are there places that you like have you ever been disappointed 
buy food. Um, like you paid too much for something and it was just kind of like, well, a lot of times it hasn't, it hasn't really happened to me, but it hasn't happened a lot. But when it does, the disappointment is very palpable. Um, all right. Well, <laughs> everybody, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you. And I will talk to you all next time. Take it easy, everybody.